Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. What is the difference between our eternal salvation and heavenly rewards? None of us can truly fathom what comes after death, but as Christians, we await an eternal life with God in heaven. Unfortunately, our questions about the afterlife don't stop at the pearly gates. Today, we have Dr. Mark Hitchcock, author of Heavenly Rewards from Harvest House Publishers, joining us today on A View from the Wall. And he believes the Bible makes it clear that the way we live as Christians on earth will forever affect our eternity. He takes on the question of how to live with eternity in mind. Now, let me give you just a brief overview of Dr. Hitchcock and his ministry. Dr. Mark Hitchcock has authored over 30 books related to Bible prophecy. He is a Ph.D. graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary, where he serves as an associate professor. And he lives in Edmond, Oklahoma, with his wife, Cheryl, and serves as senior pastor of Faith Bible Church. Dr. Hitchcock, thank you for joining us on A View from the Wall. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we are honored to have you here with us, and we're going to dive right in talking about this concept of salvation and heavenly rewards. What's the difference? And Joe, as we begin, it's amazing to me the confusion so many people have between salvation that provides us access to heaven and our eternal rewards we receive in heaven. Why do you think this is such a common issue? It comes back to that question of feeling like we need to earn something. And there's nothing wrong with earning rewards, and we'll talk about that as we go through the discussion today. But there is a very clear delineation between what we earn in rewards and salvation, which we cannot earn. There is nothing we could possibly do. Paul makes it clear, Peter makes it clear, James made it clear, and Jesus made it clear that there is nothing we could do to earn salvation. Well, let's talk about this difference, about how we receive salvation and how we receive rewards. Talk about this a little bit, Dr. Hitchcock, if you would. Sure. I think that's probably, you know, one of the most important things to understand. You know, a lot of people don't really think about rewards much at all, but I think a lot of times when people do, uh, they, they get confused, you know, well, how do these rewards fit in with, with the idea of salvation? And really, you know, to make it very clear, what I would say is our salvation, our redemption is by faith. It's by faith alone in Christ alone rewards then are by works. And we want to keep those two lines of thinking uh, very clear and very distinct from one another and never uh, mix those two together. Um, you know, the, Bi- the Bible is clear in so many places. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 would be a primary one. You know, for by grace have you been saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, right. not of works, lest anyone should boast. So our redemption, our salvation is by the grace of God through faith alone and Christ alone. And uh, then once we become a believer in Christ and we trust in Him and believe in Him and receive the the Holy Spirit, then we are empowered to do good works for the Lord that then the Lord someday will reward us for. But rewards and salvation are, are very different, and we need to keep those two things clear in our minds. We should clear up some misconceptions because there are some things that have crept into our theology over the years, some false ideas about rewards. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I think there's a lot of ideas, you know, people have about rewards somehow that, you know, rewards uh, don't even exist. I mean, some people have the idea that there's not such a thing as rewards in heaven. Well, I mean, I met a lot of Christians who say, well, you know, just getting to heaven is going to be good enough. You know, why do we need rewards? Well, we have to remember that rewards are God's idea. They're not ours. Uh, You know, we we didn't make this up. God did. And so, 
you know, a lot of people say we shouldn't labor for rewards. You know, there's no reason to work for them. Um, yeah, but Paul, you know, near the end of his life in the book of Philippians, he said, you know, I press on toward the mark for the prize right. of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And it tells us in the book of Hebrews that Moses, um, you know, forsook the, the pleasures of Egypt. And it tells us why he was doing that. He was looking for the reward. Yes. So, you know, a lot of people, they, they say, you know, rewards don't even exist. Or if they do exist, we should never think about them. They should never be a motivation. Now, I'm not saying rewards are our primary motivation. Primary motivation is because we love the Lord and we're grateful for what He's done for us. But they are presented in Scripture as a motivation uh, for for serving and living for the Lord. And and uh, I think if we if we uh, negate that in our lives, we're doing that really to our own detriment. Well, you give some great examples of biblical characters who did emphasize awards or rewards as we talk about them here. But is it possible to earn rewards and then later lose heaven rewards? I know you talk about this in your book. Uh, identify that for us. Talk about how this is different from salvation, whether we can lose our salvation or not. Yes. You know, salvation, you know, again, this is something that's controversial among Christians. Some people believe salvation can be lost. I don't. Um, I don't think that salvation or justification, once it's obtained, can ever be lost. There are a lot of verses I would use to support that idea. Um, but there's, uh, there, there is in this scripture the statement of losing reward. You know, in, in the book of Second John, you know, it says, you know, don't lose your reward. Um, in, in the book of Revelation, it talks. It has the same idea of letting someone take away your crown or your reward. So reward can be lost or it can be forfeited. Now, I don't think that means, when, when we look at Scripture, I don't think that means that God is going to give us a reward and He's going to take it away from us. I don't think it means we get it and then we have it removed. What, we, what I think it means by losing reward is that we forfeit that reward. And when we get to heaven, we'll never receive it, is I think what it means. Uh, but rewards can, can, clearly, um, you know, can clearly be forfeited, and I think we can forfeit them in different ways. Um, you know, we can forfeit rewards by, uh, just by disqualifying ourselves, by failing to uh, you know, carry out the things that God's called us to do um, in a biblical way. Um, you, we see an example of that really in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul says, even about himself, he says, you know, that, um, you know, if I don't buff up my body and make it my slave, I can be disapproved or disqualified from getting a reward. And then he goes on and gives the example of the, the, the uh, generation in the wilderness in 1 Corinthians 10, that evidently you know, they forfeited rewards. So rewards can be forfeited. Um, they can also be forfeited, I think, by doing something that's good for the Lord, but doing it with the wrong motive. You know, if our motive is not right, then I think that the reward we would get for doing what we do will be forfeited. So rewards can be lost. Um, again, it doesn't mean God gives it to me and takes it back, but they can be forfeited here in, in this life. And uh, so we need to you know, think about what we're doing and think about why we're doing it. And uh, we want to continue to do those things and be faithful in those things till the Lord comes. Well, those are great words. And I really appreciate your comment about the Apostle Paul. If anyone we would look at and think, oh, he shouldn't have to worry about heavenly rewards. It would be the Apostle Paul. And yet he was the one who specifically said, I have to make sure I'm disciplined so I don't miss out on the heavenly rewards that I am desiring in heaven. So it's a great example for us today, whether we're in church leadership or whether you're an ordinary Christian out there in the pew trying to do what God wants you to do. So these are important aspects for each of us. And when we come back, we want to talk about a part of scripture that's very important regarding this area of heavenly rewards. It's this great white throne judgment that we hear a lot about when it comes to Bible prophecy, but we often misunderstand it. So stay with us here on A View from the Wall, and when we come back, we'll talk more about it.
from I Am A Watchman Ministries. Here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus shared a message to seven churches. When John wrote the book of Revelation, there were about 100 churches in Greater Asia. Why these seven churches? These churches were not the largest or most notable. Two of the seven had grave issues. Many believe Jesus chose to speak to these churches because their location and ministry are representative of both future periods of church history and the major issues individuals and churches struggle with today. If you would like to learn more about the Lord's timeless message to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, then visit imawatchman.com and type churches in the search bar at the top right of the homepage. That's churches in the search bar to access the multi-part study. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am a watchman.com. We're back on a view from the wall. This is Dylan Burrows along with co-host Joe Kerr. We've been enjoying Dr. Mark Hitchcock talking about his book, Heavenly Rewards. It can be picked up from Harvest House Publishers. It's a great read that has information that will influence your life, not just for heaven and eternity, but even now today. When we ended our last segment, we said that we'd come back and talk about this great white throne judgment. How will Christians be judged? And Dr. Hitchcock, you assure readers that no good deed will go unrewarded and every act of faithfulness, no matter how small, will be noticed and praised by God. I love that encouragement. Now, I want us to take a moment, though, to talk about what the Great White Throne Judgment is and why it's important. So introduce us to this topic, if you would. Well, the Great White Throne Judgment, it's spoken of in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 uh, through 15. It's the most sobering part of the whole Bible, I believe. It's right there near the end. When we talk about kind of the final judgment, that's really what we're talking about, is this Great White Throne. And, and John says there, the Apostle John says, you know, I saw a Great White Throne, him who sat upon it, from whose presence heaven and earth fled away. And, and people are gathered there before the Lord, and they're judged. Now, my view is is that at that great white throne judgment there at the end, that's lost people that are that are gathered there. That's the lost of all the ages, all the unredeemed, all who've rejected and failed to, to bow the knee to Jesus Christ will be gathered there. And it says the the, the book is going to be opened. And the book there's the, the book of life. And it says, you know, their names are not found written in it, and so they're cast to the lake of fire. I mean it's a it's a sobering scene. But it also says that the books are open, and it says they're the books or the deeds that they've done. And so I think the books will be open to determine the degree of punishment for those who are lost in hell. So just as there's going to be degrees of reward for the righteous in heaven, there are going to be degrees of reward for those who are lost. So what I believe is that someday when the Lord comes, um, all of us, or everyone who's listening to this broadcast right now, listening to us, we're going to appear, all of us who are believers, at an event called the Judgment Seat of Christ. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. It's, it's in Second Corinthians 5 and verse 10 and 11. And so that's an event where we're going to appear as believers in Jesus Christ to receive rewards and degrees of reward in heaven. The great white throne is where the lost will appear, and that's where they're going to be cast into the lake of fire and receive their degrees of punishment. So Every person who's listening is going to appear at one of two judgments. So we don't get an option of, hey, you know, I don't want to appear at any judgment. We're all going to be judged. Right. But the question is, will I appear at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bama seat, as a believer to be rewarded? Or will I appear at the great white throne 
uh, to be judged. So that's a very sober, and, and the, the importance of that is which one of those judgments we appear at, it really determinative factors what we do with Jesus Christ, whether we take him to be our Savior. You read about three primary ways Christians will be rewarded when we get to heaven. Talk about those three primary ways we're rewarded. Yeah, there's several different ideas. You know, it's, it's kind of a nebulous idea to a lot of people, you know, exactly what are we going to get when we get to heaven? You know, what are, what are our rewards going to be? And uh, I think one of the rewards that I talk about in the book is, is just the reward of, of what I call praise. Uh, the Lord is going to praise us. It says he's going to uh, uh, praise each one of us as we appear before him. And to me, that's an amazing thing to think about someone, you know, that we really respect, you know, may praise us sometime a job boss or a parent or someone and, and how much that means to us. But it says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, that each man's praise will come to him from God. So one of the, one of the things we're going to receive from the Lord is simply his praise. Uh, another thing we're going to receive is uh, is positions of authority. We're going to have positions of authority in in heaven uh, and in the millennial kingdom. Christ is going to reign for a thousand years on the earth, and then we'll go on into the eternal kingdom. And we're going to have different positions of, of, of responsibility and authority in that kingdom. Um, the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus gave a parable and said, some will rule over five cities, some will rule over ten cities. So, you know, I, I heard an old saying years ago, a friend of mine used, he said, you know, this is training time for reigning time. And oh, that's, uh, that's really true. You know, we, we, we're, we're living now, you know, for, for future eternal responsibilities. And, and I, again, I think a lot of times we just don't think about that very often. The other uh, area of rewards, or I call them privileges or crowns, uh, there are five different crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament but I think are rewards that are going to be given to believers. And um, we don't have time, I think, probably now to go through all those, but they're, they're crowns that are given for different things that we do here now in service to the Lord. And you know, the Bible says we're going to take those crowns and cast them at Jesus' feet. And I don't think that means that we'll give the, the rewards back to him, because it seems like the rewards in heaven will, will, will persist for eternity. We'll, we'll have the results of those. But I think the casting them at his feet, these crowns, gives more the idea we're going to give him the glory. Right. And this is a wonderful thought. You know, I got saved by God's grace for nothing that I could do. He saved me by his grace. And he gives me his Holy Spirit who produces good work in and through me. And then someday God's going to reward me for all of that. Now, that's the best deal in the world. Yes, um, of and course. And so we're going to have these different, you know, different kinds of rewards. And, and we can't fathom it, but whatever these rewards are, they must be worth whatever sacrifice we can make here on earth to get them. We get to heaven someday. We'll be, we'll probably be sad at least for some period of time that we didn't do a lot more here on earth when we see how wonderful these rewards are. Yeah. So those are some sobering words. And I know we don't have time to go through all of the crowns right now, but in the last couple of minutes of this segment, at least mention a couple of the crowns and why a believer would receive one of these crowns. Sure. Um, you know, one of the crowns is called uh, the uh, incorruptible crown. Uh, the imperishable crown. Uh, I kind of alluded to that a moment ago. Paul says, you know, I buffet my body and I make it my slave. You know, lest having preached to others, I'd be disqualified. And he says, if he does that, I'll get this imperishable crown or incorruptible crown. The old King James there, there says, I buffet my body. Now, some one guy I heard one time said, it doesn't say I buffet my body. You know, sometimes we <laughs> uh, buffet great. our bodies. I do a lot of that. Yes, but, um, that would be really easy. That's right. But the word there is discipline. You know, I discipline my body. And it means to harness or bring our physical desires under control. 
And they, we live in a world today where people's you know physical desires are out of control in a lot of areas, a lot of you know, pornography, sexual immorality, and lots of things. And so one of the things God's going to reward is people who've disciplined themselves and brought their bodies uh, under control. Um, there's another uh, crown called the crown of rejoicing. It's often called the soul winner's crown. It's mentioned in First Thessalonians chapter 2 for those who share the gospel and see people uh, come uh, to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, there's a, another crown that's given to, to elders or faithful pastors or shepherds that's called that's often called the shepherd's crown or the crown of glory. Um, there's a crown um, that, that Paul mentions in, in, first, uh, in Second Timothy 4 called the crown of righteousness which is people who look for and love the appearing of Jesus Christ, the rapture is coming, and who live a righteous life in view of that. So those are just a few of the, the crowns and what we do to, to, to gain those. And um, anyway, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to think about, that we can do very simple, everyday things, and God's going to reward us for that. Well, Dr. Hitchcock, you share that so easily, but I think for many people, this is the first time they've ever heard this information about some of the crowns and rewards that we could look forward to as believers. And as we return, we're going to talk about God as the faithful rewarder and some of the benefits of living faithfully, even in this life. So the rewards aren't just for the life to come, but have benefits for us now and includes the motives we have in living for Him. So stick with us. We'll be right back with more on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings, all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. The I Am A Watchman ministry is supported by people just like you so that we can continue in our call to encourage, disciple, educate, and bring people from all tribes and tongues into a right relationship with Jesus. The I Am A Watchman ministry desires to reach the lost, encourage and equip believers, and prepare for the return of the Lord. There's a great need to share truth and disciple believers. Most in the Western world are not strong in their faith. Billions in Africa and India and in Arab and Asian regions are lost or persecuted for their faith. We want to reach them and equip them. Our vision is to facilitate the multiplication of godly leaders, watchmen around the world. Free I Am A Watchman resources have been accessed by individuals in more than 160 countries, but there's so much more to do. Please consider becoming a prayer and financial partner in this good work. Visit IamAWatchman.com to find out how.
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking with Dr. Mark Hitchcock about his book, Heavenly Rewards, a great read from Harvest House Publishers. I hope you'll pick up a copy of that from our website, IamAWatchman.com, or anywhere you pick up your books. And as we talk in our final segment today, we want to address this issue of motives in our Christian life. Sometimes we wonder if it's good enough to do the right thing, even if we don't really have the right motives. And so let's address this. How significant are the motives that we have in serving God, Dr. Hitchcock? Well, it's critical, you know, and it, it's a, that's a sobering thought, you know, because I heard some guy, a guy say years ago, you know, God only, God not only sees to us, he sees through us. Mm. You know, God knows what we do and he knows why we do it. And uh, there's a lot of good things that I do, but really, if I'm honest about it, my motive is maybe a bad motive or sometimes at least a mixed motive. Um, you know, and when you think about that, really, um, it's hard to do anything with a hundred percent pure motive unless you maybe just don't have time to think about it very long. So, uh, you know, any, any reward we receive is going to be purely the grace of God for us. But, you know, Jesus back in, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, back in Matthew six, he talked about, you know, those who give, you know, to be seen by others. He said, you have your reward in full. In other words, you better enjoy the applause you get. Cause that's all you're going to get. Talked about people who pray, you know, they, kind of look all haggard and let everybody know that they're pray for a long time and to be seen by men. And he says, you, you have your reward in full. In other words, your motive isn't right. But I, probably the strongest verse on this is 1 Corinthians 4, 5, where the Apostle Paul said, don't go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things hidden in darkness, and he will expose the motives of men's hearts. And so part of what the Lord's going to do when he comes back and we're judged before him and stand before him as believers for the things we've done, he's going to look at what we've done and he's going to, look, he's going to expose the motives of our hearts. And even in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, um, it says there that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And that's a, a powerful verse because it says we, that is all believers, we must, that is it's an obligation, it says we must all appear that word appear means more than just to show up or to just kind of make a, an appearance there. It means literally to, to kind of be turned inside out. So we, each one of us must appear. We must kind of be, be exposed there at the judgment seat of Christ. So it's very important for us to think through when we're doing things, why we're doing them. Are we doing them to be seen by people? Are we doing it just for money? Or in service for the Lord, you know, do we do what we do only to receive money for that, or, or are we doing it really because we love Christ and we love other people? So I think it's an important thing for all of us to be self-aware and to think often and pray to the Lord and ask Him uh, to help us to really have pure motives with, with what we do. Because there, there in Second Corinthians five, He says that He's going to recompense each one or reward each one according to what He's done, whether good or bad. And I don't think the bad there's our sins. I don't think our sins are going to be brought up at the judgment seat. I think those are under the blood of Christ, and that those have been they've been forgiven and put away. But the bad there, I think, are the the things that we've done, at least ostensibly, you know, for the Lord, that they were done with a, with a wrong motive or a bad motive. So motive really matters to God when it comes to to, to our judgment or receiving rewards. 
Dr. Hitchcock, many of our listeners identify as watchmen or women around the world, people who watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well. And we like to wrap each program with a word specifically addressed to them. So as they focus on this idea of rewards and doing what's right, whether it's for the reward or not, we're blessed to get these rewards, but balance this out for us. How do watchmen keep the focus on Christ and not on the rewards of service? Well, I think, you know, that the most important thing for us every day as believers is uh, to allow our lives to be mastered by Jesus Christ, to live yielded and surrendered to Him. I think I think that's a key word in the Christian life is just to yield, to yield our lives to Him. And when we're focused on Him and who He is and what He's done for us, we're going to be motivated out of a heart of love, not to work for Him and to labor for Him and to look for Him, too, look for His coming. But, you know, it's not wrong to labor for rewards, to think about, hey, you know, God told us, hey, here's these things you do, and if you do these things, you'll get reward. It's not wrong for us to do that, because that's going to really be another way that we please God and glorify Him. But I do think it's interesting, you know, for, for these people, for your, your listeners or your folks that are, that are watchmen and, and they're waiting for the Lord's coming, to give them a word of encouragement. You know, again, I mentioned this earlier, but Paul in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, in fact, some of the last words Paul wrote, you know, he says that, there, you know, there's laid up for me in heaven the crown of righteousness, not for me only, but all those who've loved his appearing. So there's a special reward for people who are looking for and longing for uh, the coming of Jesus Christ and living a righteous life in view of that. Now, it's not enough to just be looking for Christ's coming. The reason it's called the crown of righteousness, I think what that means is we're looking for Lord's coming, and in turn, that's producing in us a righteous life. So that should be an encouragement, really, to all, all the listeners, all these folks that are interested in Bible prophecy, interested in the Lord's coming, uh, to spur them on to continue to do that, because there is a special reward uh, for those who are, who are living in light of and, and longing for and looking for the rapture and the coming of Jesus Christ. Well, I so appreciate that balance on looking forward to Christ's return, but also living like it here and now. And I think those of you who are listening today would benefit greatly from a copy of Heavenly Rewards. It's not often you get a book specifically on this topic, so I encourage you to pick up a copy of it. Uh, Dr. Hitchcock, where can people get more information about your ministry? Well, I have a website. It's marklhitchcock.com, and uh, I have a a weekly uh, video blog that I do, a vlog where I, I, it's about five, six minutes each week. It's called Marking the Times. So you can get on there and find out on uh, there and also on my, on my Facebook page, my Facebook page. But yeah, marklhitchcock.com is the website. I'm also, I'm the pastor at Faith Bible Church here in Edmond, Oklahoma. So you can go to uh, Faith Bible Church here in Edmond, Oklahoma and you know listen to sermons and various things we do here. And I, I don't preach on prophecy all the time, but every once in a while I'll do something related to that. So those are a couple of ways that folks can, can find out more about uh, about the ministry that God's given me and what I'm able to do. Well, that's great. Again, that's marklhitchcock.com. You can find out more about his ministry, his books, as well as his weekly sermons at Faith Bible Church. Uh, Dr. Hitchcock, we appreciate your work and your time with us so much today, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, and I appreciate the work you're doing as well. Keep it up. Well, thanks so much. And those of you who are listening today, just want to encourage you to make sure you take a moment to join us at IamAWatchman.com and get all the latest. You can download a copy of today's podcast and share that with others. We also want to encourage you to get access to some of our other information. We're constantly adding new articles and new content 
that you can use in your own personal growth and share with others. And of course, join the movement online via social media at Facebook, Instagram, or elsewhere at I Am A Watchman. And we look forward to connecting with you and talking with you next time here on A View From The Wall. A View From The Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View From The Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View From The Wall.